Hey, podcast people, how's it going? Azrin, the language nerd here. Hope you're doing very, very well on this fine Monday afternoon or whatever day and time it is for you right now as you're listening to this podcast episode. I'm your host, as per usual, Azrin, the language nerd. You can find me primarily on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, YouTube, LinkedIn, TikTok, and of course, on Twitter. My username on all these platforms is identical. It is at polyglotazrin. That is spelled P-O-L-Y-G-L-O-T-A-Z or Z, depending on your country, R-E-N. You can also simply search Azrin the Language Nerd on whatever your favorite social network is. Again, that is spelled A-Z or Z-R-E-N, the Language Nerd. And welcome to another podcast episode. I am very, very excited, as per usual, to be recording this one here. So the first thing that I want to share in today's podcast episode has to do with different learning styles and different learning needs. So I had a meeting with someone not that long ago about taking some lessons with me. We were talking about this person's outcomes, where they're trying to go, what their biggest challenges are. We were discussing my rates, what things cost, how long this person should take lessons, etc, 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 etc. And one of the things that I would that I determined after this meeting for this particular individual was that they need to spend uh, a little bit more time being with native speakers of the language that they are learning. Spending time with other native speakers, making some friends, being in social situations, right? And ideally, if possible, being with another native speaker who is actually helping this individual, this particular language learner, helping them understand the things that maybe they missed. So I'll give a personal example. You know, when I learned French, even Mandarin, like let's use French. French is probably the, the best classic example I can give because it was the first time I had this experience. I was in France and I was surrounded by lots of native French speakers and I was in different friend circles, different social groups, but I often, if not always, had someone with me, my French exchange student, who I could quickly turn to and say, what did that guy just say? Wait, what was the expression he used? What does that word mean? Wait, what are they talking about? I could, from time to time, or really as often as I wanted, I could turn to my one friend and say, wait, what the heck is going on? And he could quickly explain things to me as they were happening. So I told this part for this potential student like, hey, minimally, I think you need to be spending more time with some native speakers, right? And just having some different friend circles and things like that. And ideally, if possible, at least sometimes, as often as possible, it would be great if you had a friend or someone there. Maybe you could even hire me in those situations. Like we can look at something where you can ask, you have someone there who you can ask questions to and get things clarified that you didn't necessarily understand. And this is kind of a big theme that was running through my mind after this meeting. But here's the thing. Every single person has different learning needs and different learning preferences. There are countless other people who I have met that do lots of that style of learning where they integrate themselves within different social groups, they try to speak, they try and make friends, they try and listen, and it doesn't work. Like that does not give, that does not allow them to progress in the fastest way possible. Or sometimes even I've seen people who do it that don't really progress doing that because who knows why? There's a lot of different reasons why that could be. And so I think it's very important, first of all, from a language teaching perspective, but also from a language learner's perspective, it's important to consider different learning styles, different learning preferences, 
and understanding that different types of strategies are going to work for different people. And often they're gonna work at different points in time. So there's one particular person I can think of who I who I used to know a little a while back. Um, and this individual was doing a really, really good job integrating themselves in different social social groups. They were, I think it was, yes, it was English they were trying to learn a while back. And this particular person was trying to learn English. He had lots of friends, English-speaking friends. He worked in English. He had a full-time job and blah, blah, blah. And like he he hung out with people. He was, he was in many ways doing all the right things. But the problem was he had a few core issues that would not be solved by hanging out with native speakers and trying to talk with native speakers and spending time with them. One of this was that he was just lacking, a, he was lacking a good, he was lacking feedback on his pronunciation and his practice with pronunciation and making sure that it was clear. Because the way that this person spoke was he had a thick, thick accent, so thick that it was often hard to understand. And that was a real issue that he had to work on. Or even certain things like, even though he's spending lots of time with other native speakers of English, even though he was doing that, he was not in those moments taking the right necessary steps to be learning from those situations. He didn't ask people like, hey, what does that word mean? Hey, can you repeat that? Oh, I didn't understand. Wait, how do? How would I say this? He wasn't as engaged, for, based on what I knew him anyway, he wasn't engaged in the right way to be taking the most out of those situations. So for him, either what would have been, what what would have been better for him would have been if he were to have a like taken some classes where he could have gotten that focused attention that he needed or b if he would changed his behavior a little bit in those group situations to have been able to take away and and take and and maximize his efforts and his learning from being with so many native speakers so this is kind of the big first thing I want to kick things off with today because I think it'll help. It'll help a lot of you. Now, changing gears a little bit, we are, as I'm recording this, it is December 23rd. So Christmas is two days away. I know a good percentage of the people listening to this podcast live in countries where Christmas is celebrated. And regardless of if you celebrate Christmas or not, New Year's is right around the corner. And... You know, at this point in the year, I find that a lot of different people start to reflect upon 2019. They start thinking about how did things go? How did things not go? What went well? What didn't go well? What resolutions and goals and outcomes did you have? Did you hit those outcomes? Did you not hit those outcomes? People start to get very pensive at this point in the year. Especially when I find that there's a bit of a double whammy when there's Chris, when, you, when you're in a country that celebrates Christmas, because I don't know what it is. I do find there's some kind of double whammy because Christmas and New Year's are kind of back to back. Like it kind of something about it. There's something in the air. And I find that for some reason people start to maybe I'm wrong, but I think there might be a thing where in a, in countries where Christmas is celebrated, there's an extra little level of that. But again, maybe I'm incorrect. Regardless, I digress. Um, and so people start to think about the previous year and then they start to think about the next year. So in our case, 2020, and they start to consider what kind of goals, outcomes, um, what kinds of things do they want to work on? What should be the priority points, blah, 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 blah. And I want to give you a piece of advice, especially if you're going to be making any language learning oriented goals, especially. 
I will say this though, the piece of advice that I'm going to give, I think is gonna work for a lot of different types of goals and a lot of different types of resolutions. It's actually a very goal setting oriented um, technique, I suppose, regardless. But let's keep it in a language learning framework for now and we'll use and we'll explain it in language learning terms since this is a language learning podcast. Now, I wanna talk about two types of goals you could set. You could set a process-oriented goal or you could set a results-oriented goal. A process-oriented goal is a goal that is based upon the action steps and the time that you put towards something. So a great example, when I first heard of these concepts was at my old line of work when I ran, uh, when I worked in the window cleaning franchise and I operated my own window cleaning franchise. I remember, you know, there'd be, there'd be times where the goals that we would set, that I would set in my franchise that I'd work with, with my supervisor, with my GM, my general manager, blah, blah, blah. You know, even when I was a general manager, often with my, with my supervisors and stuff, when we'd set goals, sometimes it would be process oriented goals. So in that world, since it was a sales world, a process oriented goal might be, I'm going to make a hundred sales calls. I'm going to call for four hours on this day. I'm going to send this many emails. I'm going to, it would be a, instead of setting, basically you're trying to figure a set, a number of repetitions of something that you want to do or setting aside a specific amount of time to do something. So if we look at a language learning world, a process oriented goal might be something like, I want to study for 300 hours. I want to do 100 hours of speaking practice. I want to do a two week intensive study burst. I want to do, so something that is based on how much time and effort you put into something, instead of what kind of results you would like to achieve. Speaking of results, let's go to what results oriented goals are. So results-oriented goals are goals where you define how much progress you would like to make. So in a language learning world, a, a results-oriented goal would be something like, I want to achieve a B2 level in French this year, or I want to pass the IELTS English test this year, and I want to score a band seven, or I want to, these are all results-oriented goals. And by the way, results-oriented goals are fantastic. They're great. There's nothing wrong with them whatsoever. I actually think in many ways, results-oriented goals actually can be more effective, can be better in certain situations. But for language learning, you know, for a lot of you listening here, I believe that a process-oriented goal is going to be a lot more beneficial because process-oriented goals are 100% in your control. Results-oriented goals are not 100% in your control. Let me explain. You are in full control of how many hours you put into a specific language or a specific language learning task. If you say, I'm gonna do 50 hours of speaking practice or 25 hours of writing practice, or I'm gonna do a two week intensive and blah, blah, blah language, that is fully in your control. If you don't hit that number of hours, like there's nothing, I don't understand how, like it's, it's, it would be, it would require extenuating circumstances for it to be completely out of your control to not hit that goal. Cause you are in control. You could choose if you miss your language learning goal one day, for some reason, you could choose to sleep an hour less and still hit it. You could choose, like you're always, you're way more in control of how much time you put into something. The results 
you know, that's a little bit more wishy-washy. It's more difficult to fully control what your results are when studying a language. If you decided, I want to get to a B2 level, and let's say in theory, you did everything you could. You, based on the knowledge you had, the time you had, the skill set you had, the resources available, you really did everything you could, but somehow you, you, you failed the test. You didn't hit the B2 level. You took a B2 test and you didn't pass it. Like that, you might've had a bad sleep. You might've stubbed your toe in the morning and who knows, right? You might have thought you could achieve a B2, but you overestimated yourself. There's so many more factors that make results-oriented goals a lot less straightforward to achieve. The other challenge or other um, issue that I have with results-oriented goals, at least in this context, in the context that we're talking about here today, is that if you start to miss your results-oriented goals, it can be very discouraging. And that discouragement leads you to stop putting the time in, which therefore means you stop making progress. So for many of you, in 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 I'm going to encourage you to set process-oriented goals. Pick an amount of time that you would like to put towards X language. I think that's going to work better for you, for many of you, than setting a results-oriented goal. While we're still on this podcast here and I've got your attention, let's uh, do a good reminder that I say a lot, but I want to pound it into your brains. It is the fact that there is not a rush. There's no. I want you to give yourself more time to learn a language I'm going to rephrase that. I want you to put in as much effort as you can on a day-to-day and week-to-week basis. And I want you to be as productive as you can on a day-to-day and week-to-week basis. But I want you to also have no expectations of how long it will take you to achieve fluency in blah, blah, blah language. I think that's a very good combination. It That kind of combination makes you work really hard and make a lot of progress but takes the mental pressure away of, oh my God, when will I be fluent? That mental pressure of worrying or pondering when will you finally be fluent is almost poisonous in many ways. It, it, it plagues our minds. And I want to encourage, I want to be kind of like, the, I want my voice to be the antidote as it's sinking into your ears and it's going into your brain and processing. I kind of want this to be some kind of antidote where you hear my words and that mental pressure is taken away. Like I want that to happen. Um, cause 9.5 times on 10, maybe even 10 times on 10, um, that mental pressure is self-imposed and it's not a real pressure that is there. It's something you have actually created that makes no sense and doesn't need to be there. It doesn't need to, it just doesn't, it just doesn't, right? There's no need, there's no need to go be fluent in a year or two years or three years, like give, like work as if you want it to happen in a year, but expect it to happen in seven. So I'll say that again. Put the effort in as in you want to achieve fluency in a year, two years, three years, in a very short period of time, but expect it to happen in seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years. That's a very, very good formula. And if you follow that, a lot of you probably will achieve that fluency faster than the 10 years. But, but it takes that mentality of being prepared to go it for 10 years for it to take less than 10 years. You have to fully believe it's going to take you 10 years or seven years, nine years, eight years, right? Of consistent, good, solid effort. You have to fully believe that's how long it's going to take and be genuinely surprised after six to be like, whoa, wow, I'm actually a lot more fluent than I thought I would be. Wow, I've actually kind of hit where I wanted to achieve after six years. Wow, go me. Anyway, 
There's not really much else I want to share on today's podcast, so thank you for your attention. I appreciate it as per usual, and we will talk very, very soon. Bye for now.